Welcome. I am Ed Bejarana, and you've arrived at the Business Buffet Podcast, where you get a taste of business from entrepreneurs who've had both good and bad moments in business. You'll learn from business chefs of all type those things they would have done different and figure out how those ingredients might help your personal recipe for success. Grab a plate and take a seat. It is time to eat hearty in business. Welcome to Business Buffet. You know, it's been a year since I published the last episode on this podcast. There has been a bunch of stuff going on. Most notably, I've been working on trying to understand the way small business can utilize new marketing approaches to benefit their business. I, I got to explain a little bit. When I started Business Buffet, it was purely an experiment. I got to tell you a little bit of a story here first. This goes back to the uh, presidential election in 2016. Donald Trump, candidate Donald Trump at the time, had taken the world by storm. He had hired the greatest digital marketing experts the world had ever seen, and they created a social and digital marketing program to rival the billion-dollar efforts of the biggest companies in the world. And as a result, it's estimated that Donald Trump received more than two and a half, almost three billion dollars in free advertising because of the effort. Well, what the big tech companies uh, realized was, one, they hate Donald Trump. Politics aside, this isn't a political channel. I, I'm not assessing the political stance on that position, but it, it, it's evident. Google, Twitter, Facebook, they hate Donald Trump. Uh, hated him then, hate him now. And the fact that he was using their platform to promote his message disappointed them greatly. But they knew that they couldn't make a change immediately. They had to develop systems. So after the election in 2016, when Donald Trump caught everybody by surprise and won the election, the, the big tech companies, they all got together, interestingly enough, here in Idaho, as they do their annual retreat in uh, central Idaho at one of the big ski resorts. And they figured out, what are we going to do about this? They knew they couldn't outright censor the president without major structural changes to their platform. They telegraphed in mid-2017 what they were going to do. And guys like me who have sort of backstage access, we paid attention. I saw the writing on the raw wall that they were going to outright censor anybody with a political bent different from what the big tech industry wanted. Again, I'm not making this a political podcast. Please continue. The effort here was if your business has any kind of political leaning that varies from the norm, I knew in mid-2017 that you would be in trouble. Now, I've built my business on the fact that I'm conservative, I like working with conservatives, and, and I'm happy to promote my political ideology. I have two political podcasts, 
where I talk politics every single week. The problem that I saw, though, was that I've done 2,000-plus websites over the, over the decade-plus, decade-and-a-half I've been in business. And I knew a lot of these businesses were going to struggle to gain new customers eventually because of the censorship approach by Google. Now, I did not imagine in late 2017 that they would go to the extreme that they are now here on September 20th, 2022. Never in my wildest imagination would I believe Google, Twitter, and Facebook to be doing what they are doing now. But nevertheless, I did see that there would be significant struggles for businesses going forward. So to that end, I was looking for ways to continue to market my clients' businesses to help them continue to be successful regardless of what they chose to do with their political belief system, whether they chose to be public about it, whether they chose to continue to contribute to Republican causes, efforts, and issues. The, the business that they ran, which almost all of them are apolitical, uh, in my business career, I, I did not build a cornerstone around the idea of creating political websites. I've never really been an issues guy. While I have built a few websites for candidates over the years, I really don't like to. There's no money in it at the local candidate level. And the big national campaigns, those websites are just beyond the scope of a one-person business operation. So I've stayed away from building digital assets for political issues and candidates, and instead just focused on my own political advocacy of what I believed, putting my money where my mouth is, so to speak. Well, the, my clients who also felt strongly about putting the money where their mouth is and, and supporting issues and causes, I knew eventually that would get them in trouble. Every one of those political contributions is a public record, and Google pays attention to that. And they do adjust search engine ranking based upon your political influence. Now, that, that's an important word, influence. How much political influence do you have? If you're a big voice, you're going to have big censorship. If you're a little tiny voice and nobody pays attention to you, they're not going to do that much to you. They will impact you on a global scale but they won't necessarily target you specifically. This is an important point because I'm going to actually talk about something that's happening in the workplace now that is a, a kind of a distant cousin connected to what Google started back in 2017. And make no bone about it, it was Google that started this. It didn't happen first on Facebook. It was most noticeable on Facebook when they started censoring posts, and Twitter, when they started banning political candidates from using the platform. But Google struck first. Google changed their algorithm so that keyword phrases on topics they did not approve of ranked differently. It was no longer based upon customer benefit, customer solutions. It was based on political, ideological, desires of big tech, of what Google wanted. 
They changed their motto. Larry Page was instrumental in creating this motto, do no harm, to make sure the world works the way we want it to, or, or something of the sorts. So today I'm going to talk about quiet quitting, the new term for an old problem in a changed workplace. It's a specific article that I'm going to reference, but this, this is a trend that's happening in the workplace. Employees, they're not walking off the job. They're just quietly quitting on the job, and they make you pay them until such time as they get a new job or government benefits. Well, Google kind of did the same thing. They continued promoting you to buy Google AdWords. In fact, they saw this as a multi-billion dollar operation. They decrease your organic reach and force you to increase your paid expenditure in order to maintain the same amount of traffic. And if you took a look at the stats, what was really happening was your website was just not performing as well from an organic search results standpoint. So rather than try to fix that, we just paid the ransom, bought the AdWords, and maintained the traffic. But even that doesn't work anymore because Google has suspended that. So I started Business Buffet as a test to see if I could get around the censorship issue that Google was implementing. And in 2018, I rolled the website out, uh, excuse me, the podcast out. And within just a couple of months, I saw radical performance improvements in the search engine optimization arena. And at the time, it was still in its infancy. Google did not have audio text to written uh, uh, text identification. They were not able to translate the, the spoken word clearly enough for search engine visibility. Now in 2022, the technology is so far further ahead that the spoken word is directly searchable on the main search engines. And, and what happens is this, this goes back to a philosophy that we used as programmers. I go way back, back into the early 90s, late 80s and early 90s, where we used a silo approach. We would take information of similar inkling and we would put it together in the database. And then when the search came about for that type of data, we would search in that silo first. And, and it was based on a, on a very simple bubble sort concept, but we would first search in a silo closely related to the assumed topic of the keyword. It works the same right now with audio. Based upon the genre of your podcast, the search happens there first for people wanting that basic data. See, the core crux of a search engine, we have to go all the way back to the very beginning when Jerry was working on the concept while a student at Stanford University. The idea of the search engine is to optimize the consumer experience. If you can give the consumer what they want faster than the competitor, then the consumer will use you to obtain all of the information they need. Now. Uh, Google, they went a different approach than what Yahoo went. Yahoo went with the idea of let's be everything that anybody needs. Let's provide email and news and financial data and funny stories and 
and and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different things, games. Where Google, they came onto the market and said, we're going to provide world-class search functionality. We're going to make sure that you find what you want immediately. It wasn't until later that they added maps and reviews and all of the other things that they've got now in their system. Gmail didn't come around for several years after they started. And that was only after they saw what HP was doing with their experiment. So Google took this path that forced us to go back to a silo-based method. Well, podcasting is perfect for a silo-based method, especially for a small business owner. What do you do? If you're a plumber, you do plumbing. If you're a consultant for business development, you talk about business consulting for business development. So it's very silo compatible. The challenge is, is nobody reads a blog article anymore. There's trillions of them available. There's millions of them published every day. And there's no time for people to consume the knowledge. Therefore, they go unread. Most blog posts have just a little bit more than a 0.5% inclusion ratio, meaning that they're, they're not listed where you want them to be listed. You look at the readership on most blog articles, and it's less than 5 or 10 views. So you spend two hours on a blog article, or worse yet, $400 to have somebody write it for you, and five people a year see it. Most of the time, that doesn't pencil out. But on a podcast, what I found was you could turn on the microphone, much like I'm doing right now. I've got a little $100 handheld digital recorder made by Zoom called the H1N. Uh, And actually, I'm testing it out for your benefit because I believe this is the best thing on the market for the price. You turn it on, you hit record, and you start talking about a topic that is near and dear to your heart and solves a customer's problem. The challenge, just like we had with the blogging world, is it, it can't be a 20-minute sales pitch. Nobody wants to listen to a sales pitch. Everybody thinks that their product is so revolutionary that all they need to do is hear the features and benefits and boom, they're going to buy it. That's not the case. Your customers, believe it or not, don't care about why you used a gangly wrench with your plumbing system. That's an old Steve Martin joke. For those of you who are that old, you'll get it. They want to hear about your stories. They want to hear the funny time when you went and cleaned that or fixed that toilet and the darn thing sprayed all over your face. They want to hear about the time when you're trying to fix a leaky faucet and it broke and sprayed water everywhere. They want to hear about the struggle, the strife. They don't want to hear why your plumbing company is the greatest on the planet. It's just not that important. You're not that important to them. That's the service that you offer. A friend of mine, he gave me a little note once. He says, don't sell the drill, sell the hole. And that's what we do in blogging and in podcasting. Let's not talk about our service. Let's talk about our life as a business owner providing that service. And podcasting allows that to to happen so easily, so conversationally, so smoothly. It doesn't require you to spend gobs of time writing a blog article, 
checking the grammar, making sure the spelling is right so you don't look like a fool, and then figuring out how to work the technology to get it published. With a podcast, turn on the microphone, talk, tell a story, make it interesting. If it's something of value to the listeners, they're going to pay attention. So what I, what I saw with the podcasting world was, is if I created an opportunity for business people to, to publish their content faster, then it would be a service to the business folks. And I've been helping several companies with their podcast. Uh, you know, I, I use a flat fee process. I'm not going to really talk about that. You want to learn more about what we do, visit zenithexhibits.studio.com and you can learn about the full service offering. But while I was working with one client on their podcast, we had a conversation about something that was happening in their business. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is a topic that I could use to bring back Business Buffet. Because I've got several podcasts right now. I've got two political channels. I've got a seniors channel called Baby Boomers Radio. And I have a new veterans program called The Veterans Club. And th those are for specific market reasons. But I've always been kind of longing. I want to keep the business buffet because it's a, such a great name. And, and it provides such great opportunity for me to help the people who keep America running. 74 million businesses cannot be wrong. You, you're listening to this podcast. You are the backbone of America. And you should be able to get tips and tricks and ideas without having to spend an arm and a leg to attend a conference every year. So that was my idea. Create a podcast. You can listen to it less than an hour. Get some valuable information. Use it, don't use it. Totally up to you. So in this conversation with my client, she mentioned the term quiet quitting. And it, it kind of resonated with me. It's like, you know, one of the things that I've been hearing a lot of my friends talk about is the efficiency of their employees and how it is just plummeted. And lo and behold, she referenced an article for me, and I've read several since. This one that I'm looking at, put out by SHRM, called uh, Quiet Quitting, New Term for an Old Problem in a Challenged Workplace by Karen Bannon, published on September 7th of 2022. Um, I'll, I'll put the link to the article in the show notes. It's a good read. I'm not going to read the article to you. You can go read it. But it talks about what's happening. Rather than just quitting a job, walking off, and going and finding something new, you got employees that are basically doing a sit-down strike at their desk, and they're surfing the web looking for jobs. Uh, they're not doing your work. They're catering to their future. And it's killing productivity. It's killing American business. It's killing your profitability. The, the employees are not taking into consideration the impact they're having on the business because they don't care. All they care about is what's good for them. So what do we as business owners do about it? Well, you got to take my advice with a grain of salt. I'm going to tell you that right up front because I don't want, I don't have employees. I don't want employees. I make sure that my business can survive on the sweat of my own brow. That's all I need. That's all I want. My expense chain is controlled. So lesson number one, tip number one, control your expenses. You don't need to hire a bunch of employees if you have total control of your expenses. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have a bunch of bills to pay. 
I paid all of that stuff off ahead of time. So I have a much lower overhead cost. So if you can pull in your expenses, control those overhead costs, then you don't need those employees generating all of that extra revenue. You can do it yourself. Go down to the essential employees. Number two, tip number two, are you checking their work? If they're not cutting it, if they're not doing it, fire them. Get rid of a bad employee now. Somebody who's doing a sit-down strike on you without announcing it, they're killing your business. They're going to hurt your clients. They're going to hurt your long-term revenue opportunities. They're going to destroy your business. You're going to be the one left holding the bag when they're out starting their new job because that's what they were doing. They were looking for a new job anyway. You were the only one that was being left behind. Well, you need to check on them on a daily basis. Number three, last tip of the day, you need to reestablish contact with your customers personally. Business in 2022 is personal. As we make this shift now to a recession, we are in a recession. The last two quarters have been a negative GDP. I don't care what the media says trying to support the the current political regime's ideology. No, we're not in a recession. We are in a recession. It's not a severe recession yet, but with out-of-control inflation and what the feds are going to do today, employment is is going to start to be an issue. Now, you're going to have to let go of your employees in order to control your expenses. So you need to establish today you the relationship with your customers. If that's been handled by somebody in your employment, you need to pick up the phone every single day going forward and just having a conversation with your customers. Not a sales call, not, not a, uh, a revenue-generating activity, but a relationship-building activity. If you don't make it a process of calling one customer every single day Your business is going to be in serious, serious trouble come Thanksgiving. So quiet quitters in your ranks will kill your business. Sniff them out. Get rid of them now. Thank you so much for sticking with Business Buffet. If you get a chance, share this episode with some friends. Also, if you are a business owner and you're thinking, you know, I'd like to podcast, I'd like to give it a try, you don't necessarily need to create your own new channel. You can podcast here on Business Buffet. We'll create a branded identity for your podcast and we'll publish you on Business Buffet with the already established audience. A five-year-old podcast is a heck of a lot easier to rank than a brand new podcast. And all of the audio you speak, provided it's valuable content, and I'll coach you on that, will rank. So people searching for certain things that are available in your podcast will bring them to your website. Give me a call if you have any questions, 208-209-7170. Happy to help. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. It is that dreaded time when we must push away from the table and digest what we've taken in. The ingredients you've learned today can and should be used in your own business recipe and shared with the world. Like this program on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you consume your podcast material and drop in again next week to enjoy another hearty dish of the Business Buffet Podcast.